0: Welcome to Ed Talks Minnesota, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations in the Twin Cities about issues impacting young people and public education, and creative strategies and opportunities to support and advocate for our youth. Each EdTalks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, community leaders, and others who care deeply about young people, their well being, and success. EdTalks is supported by generous grants from the Bush Foundation and Comcast. This EdTalk is titled Creating Pro Girl Environments. Youth who identify as girls face broad challenges, such as sexual harassment, barriers to academic success, and unique health disparities, compounded by the intersections of race, sexual orientation, ability, and socioeconomic class. Data shows there is a tremendous need for programming and policies that focus solely on the needs of girls and young women to compensate for the gender stereotypes present in our communities and the gender inequities built into our systems, including the education system. Girls Inc. is a national expert in girls-only and pro-girls programming, and inspires all girls to be strong, smart, and bold. In this Ed Talk, Louise and Sophie, two youth leaders at Girls Inc. at the YWCA Minneapolis, and Elena, Girls Inc. after-school coordinator, Talk about what we can all learn about the impacts of gender specific programming, as well as ways to create pro girl environments in gendered and co ed spaces. This Ed Talk was recorded in front of a live audience at Ice House in Minneapolis on March 2nd, 2020.
1: Welcome, everybody. My name is Elena.
2: I'm Louise. And I'm Sophie.
1: We're all here from Girls, Inc. at YWCA. I'll check this works. Perfect. So Girls, Inc. is the oldest girl-serving organization in the country, with over 80 affiliates across the US and Canada. YWCA Minneapolis hosts the only Minnesota Girls, Inc. affiliate as part of our larger girls and youth programs. Girls, Inc. at YWCA hosts gender-specific juvenile justice prevention programs, after-school groups, and Eureka, a five-year STEM-focused cohort program. At Girls, Inc., we work with young people who identify as a girl or as non-binary. So we're a gender-specific program based on the young person's identity. And we also strongly identify as a pro-girl program. Today, we're going to highlight the importance of creating pro-girl education and enrichment spaces for all young people. So think about the education spaces you grew up in. Co-ed spaces are gender-specific. What messages did you get about your gender? What stereotypes or barriers were you faced with? We know that girls today face numerous challenges that really impact their their well-being and success, including violence and trauma, inequitable access to education and economic opportunities, mental health issues, and harmful stereotypes and messages. Research shows the importance of gender-specific spaces, especially to meet the unique needs and concerns of girls and gender nonconforming individuals in a safe, supportive manner. But we also know that a gender-specific space isn't enough if it doesn't aim to counter gender stereotypes or provide skills to overcome barriers that girls face. So what is a pro-girl space? A pro-girl space is two things. It's intentional. It's intentional about celebrating the strengths girls bring to the table and confirming they can succeed, intentional about welcoming their perspectives, valuing and respecting their concerns, and intentional about developing leadership identities to equip young people to navigate gender, social, and economic barriers in today's world. It's also compensatory. So we address gender stereotypes by countering the negative and limiting messages girls are getting, as well as compensating for messages that girls are not getting about their abilities um, and their potential. So tonight, um, you are going to hear from Sophie and Louise about perspectives from their experiences in the gender-specific pro-girl spaces in Girls, Inc. We hope the messages about what a pro-girl space is and what the impact can be will carry over to your educational settings, because we believe they can really support all young people in recognizing gender stereotypes and feeling safe and supported in this
2: world. There were options. So like Elena was saying, what is a pro-girl space look like? Well, it's not so much about the content, but rather the process. So when we say that, we mean it's all about what conversations can happen. And those are organic, confidential. They're not about being interrupted. You're not constrained by stereotypes, essentially. It's about creating a positive space for girls. Um, So a pro-girl environment, no matter the topic, you're physically, socially, and emotionally safe. And it's really just about providing the messages that girls really can do anything and that they can succeed, period. (laughs) So one way Girls Inc. really creates this environment is uh, through something that we call a bill of rights, which are six rights that are collectively put together as a basis for what we hold true uh, over all of our uh, Girls Inc. affiliates And it's grounded and supported in our programming that we do. The first of these rights is that girls really have the right, the right, to be themselves and to resist gender stereotypes. The first bill is exactly what it says We encourage girls to feel fully themselves. Um, Girls are constantly exposed to spaces where we have to counter these gender stereotypes and are reduced or have reduced expectations for girls. And that can make us feel diminished. For example, and one many of us can relate to, Phi Ed class <laughs> maybe is one of the most anxiety-inducing spaces. Um, but a lot of times girls are told they have different requirements: girl push-ups or lesser times in the pacer test. That's not fair, because we're told that boys are just physically stronger. Um, We must work harder to resist those uh, gender stereotypes and sexualization. And many times there's an underlying pressure and felt judgment through that. So we tend to compensate by setting lower expectations, but that ultimately underestimates our unique value. A pro-girl space intentionally aims to counter that. In fact, 85% of Girls Inc. participants felt that girls can do anything and learn anything that boys can do. From a young age, this subtle but powerful messaging in many educational settings, as well as the larger world, emphasizes that girls are not as good as boys. But when you don't have to think about those constraints, it allows someone to be their most true and authentic self.
3: So the second Girls Inc. Bill of Rights says that we believe girls have the right to express themselves with originality and enthusiasm. In Girls Inc., there's no reason to stay silent in this group. There's no one holding your identity and your ideas down or explaining over them. There's confidentiality and there are common experiences that are shared. Even after four years in Eureka, We're given intentional opportunities to express ourselves, to share our experiences, and really go deeper than surface level connections. Girls Inc. gives us the tools to be successful for sharing what we do not share in other settings. By setting norms and by giving us the space to lead and participate in uncomfortable conversations, this leads to a greater appreciation for each other and greater uniqueness across our group, which allows us to have those deeper connections. A key piece of a pro-girl environment is also recognizing the intersectionality of the barriers and stereotypes that girls and women face. GirlSync explicitly raises up all girls across their unique identities and does not shy away from talking about these issues and intersectionalities. This really allows us to embrace and express our individuality because everyone is accepted and encouraged and every girl gets to define themselves.
1: These first two Bill of Rights are really about grounding a setting where girls can be themselves and succeed. And it's really important that this happens not just in gender-specific settings because we know that gender stereotypes impact young people very early, right? Adolescent health risks that are rooted in socialized gender roles are well-established by the age of 10. Um, So we can't work on just preventing them when people are teenagers. The STEM gender gap, which researchers used to think didn't hit until high school, actually, we know, impacts girls as early as second or third grade. Their belief in STEM and then their interest in STEM drastically diverges from their male peers, even though their ability hasn't changed. Education plays a key role with girls developing self-limiting beliefs, because studies show right at the age of six, when school starts, girls start, stop associating really, really smart activities with both genders, and instead just associate that with their male peers. We also know that risk-taking behavior is uh, socialized very early, with girls losing risk-taking confidence when they're in male-dominated spaces, again, by around the age of 10. So it is critical that these pro-girl spaces are happening early and often, right, to allow all young people to be their authentic selves. The research shows this can't wait, and it can't just be relegated to gender-specific spaces. We need to do this across all of our educational fields.
3: The next Bill of Rights says that girls have the right to take risks, strive freely, and take pride in success. My plan in college is to pursue my undergraduate degree in political science, but my freshman year of high school I had no notion of what I was doing like at all, none. I remember meeting with a grade dean who just so happened to be a man who was signing me up for debate thinking that it would be a positive risk taking experience. (laughs) I remember being with my female debate partner against two guys. They were yelling and screaming at us over our evidence, and that experience made me veer away from debate because personally I didn't feel safe. Over the past four years, I have had experiences in the classroom and in Girls Inc. where I was allowed to share my perspective in a diverse setting without fear of my voice being shouted down. I was intellectually challenged in spaces where my ideas were valid and valued. I had role models who emphasized that I was good enough and encouraged me to take pride in sharing my voice. It took me some time to realize it, but because of the positive messages that I received throughout Girls Inc and high school, I was able to take the risk of returning back to political science and by extension debate with feelings of excitement and confidence that I had previously never felt before. In the summer, Before 11th grade, I had the opportunity to do an individualized STEM opportunity through Eureka, and I randomly chose Conservation Corps on the St. Croix River and Apostle Islands because I wanted to have an immersive experience outside of what I normally do. I loved it so much that I decided to go back for the next summer. The Eureka environment truly helped me to have the courage to choose Conservation Corps because if I was in a co-ed space, With a lot of males wanting to do it, I most likely would have shied away from it because I didn't get that pro-girl messaging. I had a lot of mentors to encourage me and aid me in explaining the opportunity to my family, which made me feel more confident. Our stories emphasize that it's not just about girls believing in themselves, but everyone around them believes that they can be successful. Stating this as a right and a norm explicitly allows for peers and adults to believe in girls' rights and abilities.
2: So from that, we kind of realize that it's a societal norm for girls to go against compliments or if they accomplish something, to diminish that. And compared to our male counterparts, simply stating an accomplishment sometimes can be seen as bragging. I know when I applied for the National Girls Inc Action Network program, which was a huge risk for me, okay? I, was, I had the possibility of being rejected. It was the first year that the program had ever been in existence, so I was like the guinea pig. But <laughs> when I found out I was accepted, it was huge for me, okay? I got to go to Washington, D.C. for free. Uh, I got to bring mental health policies to Congress people. Like, that's crazy. It was great. So when I found out, I went straight to one of my Girls Link mentors, Jasmine. And I was like, oh my God, Jasmine, I got it. And she was like, What, no way! And in that moment, I felt that I didn't have to be ashamed, I didn't have to diminish my accomplishment, because it was an accomplishment. It was huge, and it was major, and I felt proud of myself. And that pride was something that I kept with me, because it was an important moment. Um, So really, a pro-girl space counters those social norms of putting each other down for earning accomplishments. We're encouraged to actually lift each other up, and that's confirmed by our mentors and our peers. Another right uh, that the bill states is that girls have the right to accept and appreciate their bodies. A lot of girls in programming really does emphasize talking about healthy bodies and choices, and that's important. When we begin to feel comfortable talking about sexuality, insecurities, bodies, and those sensitive issues, that makes us more comfortable, and our radars radars don't always have to be up, you know? It spreads norms that equalize us, and around what's healthy for our bodies versus comparing them with each other. And we know that that's important because of the prevalence of depression and anxiety increasing rapidly in teen girls. The sexualization of girls is playing a huge role in the decline of girls' mental health. You don't often notice the lack of gender stereotypes until um, you're really compared, comparing that to other spaces. I know for me, I live in comfy clothes. Joggers, sweatshirts, all the time, especially in school. And I used to think it was only about being comfy, but a deep part of me decided that it was actually safer. That when I have to put on sweatshirts and sweatpants, I, I don't get catcalled. I don't get my figure pointed out to me, you know? My butt isn't always looked at. like. I just felt safer at school, being in those comfy clothes, and that's not fair, (laughs) okay? It's been liberating how much mental space I've found in a pro-girl environment when I don't have to think about those types of things. I found freedom in realizing that I don't always have to think about my body image or my thighs, like in swimming lessons, huge liberation when I realized I don't have to worry about what I'm eating around my friends or... Whatever, I just eat what my body needs. 80% of Girls Inc. youth and 62% of Girls Inc. teens are happy with how their body looks. And though that may seem low, it is surprisingly higher than the national average.
3: So the next Bill of Rights says that girls have the right to have confidence in themselves and be safer in the world. In Girls Inc., we are able to build confidence due to the fact that we always have a safe home base to return to, no matter what. This ties in with being our authentic self. I feel safe to be me, and I don't have to hold part, a, part back, a part of myself back in this space, unlike in other spaces. I started Girls Inc. in North Minneapolis around like fifth or sixth grade, so it's been a while, and I was able to make lifelong friends there. No matter what, even at school, I have those people who I can return to, and my safe environment that I could relax in. I feel the most myself at Girls Inc. as opposed to school just because I'm subconsciously influenced in school to present myself a certain way in order to be taken seriously. In Girls Inc., you come as you are and you are accepted. 91% of girls say that they learn to make a difference in the world at Girls Inc. Building this confidence early is important Because as we prepare to transition out of high school and continue our lives and be confident as young adults, we know that we'll be experiencing environments that won't be pro-girl. But that's the reality of education and the workforce. But a pro-girl space has given us the confidence to navigate those environments and plays into the final Bill of Rights. Girls have the right to prepare for interesting work and economic independence. In
1: a pro-girl environment, it's not just about exposing girls to skills to think about the future. It's about connecting those skills to their identity. For example, there's many programs that expose girls to STEM in an attempt to counter gender gaps. How is a pro-girl space different? For one, we don't shy away from naming gender barriers that they're going to that exist in STEM. We talk about the gender wage gap. We talk about disparities and harassment in STEM. But we don't stop at naming those. We really talk about what are the skills that girls can use to overcome those for themselves and others. We know that preparing for the future is deeply tied in with confidence and leadership. Yet the majority of girls Uh, see themselves as leaders very young and lose confidence in that over time. Um, Girls who are less confident are less likely to use their voice, um, to voice their opinions or express disagreement. And research shows that encouraging girls to become leaders in whatever they're passionate about really has a pronounced effect on their future. So we work to really foster those skills for using their voice so that they're able to practice that for future education and work settings. Um, We expose girls to women professional in STEM as well so that they find representation across a range of activities. Even when making slime, we discuss career pathways that are relevant to slime-based skills, so they see relevance in a wide variety of career paths. And we talk about how that scientific mindset of experimenting, learning from success and failures, can support them across a range of experiences, regardless of whether they go into a STEM field.
3: For example, in my YWCA racial justice internship set up by Girls Inc. my sophomore year of high school, I was able to be in a diverse setting with people who valued me, even though we weren't within the same age group. I wasn't just doing busy work. They immersed me in a variety of activities centered around racial justice and public policy, and it was really cool to be taken seriously and respected. At 14, I felt like there was space for me in the workplace and in politics which informed decisions to take more political and economic classes in high school. I felt like if I can do this really cool thing through Girls, Inc., I can do this really cool thing in the real world.
2: Even though we're young, being immersed in these pro girl space really does influence who we are as people now. It allows us to take more risks and be more confident. Because in planning for the future, it's not just about building skills, it's about really being confident and see possible paths and believe in those paths. Connecting with pro-girl internships and advocacy work through Girls Inc. enables us to develop our voices and build that self-confidence, especially through the encouragement of mentors. The importance of the female role models is key for young girls. For example, compared with girls who don't know women in STEM, girls who do know women in STEM report feeling more powerful while doing STEM. Girls better understand their leadership potential and are more likely to define themselves as leaders when being exposed to these a variety of female leaders and leadership styles. I know for a fact that knowing role models and uh, seeing my mentors and being at internships and having this exposure has made me personally more confident in being a role model and wanting to be one for other girls.
1: So together, these Bill of Rights help promote a safe, supportive, pro-girl space where girls can resist gender stereotypes, take risks, and discover the power in being a girl. Some of the examples provided today may seem small, right? But it's about the impact of them over time and how those build up to a larger impact. From research about the effects on racism, we know that there's this weathering effect um, that leads to disproportionately poor health outcomes for people of color. Weathering refers to a sense of erosion of the body's systems by the chronic, stress of micro and macro aggressions. We can imagine a similar weathering effect taking place due to sexism as well. Girls in our programs remember discriminatory comments and discomfort from gender stereotypes so strongly over time and recognize the strong negative inner voices that develop from this. What if girls had more places where they didn't have to negotiate this? How can pro-girl spaces create an umbrella against this weathering effect? The buildup of those small positive messages, experience, and confidence boosts really does have a large effect over time, hopefully enough to build up resilience across a girl or another young person's lifetime.
2: If you don't have a Bill of Rights or pro-girl norms explicitly stated, it's extremely hard to live out those pro-girl values. If you don't name it, don't expect it. (laughs) <laughs> How can you create a pro girl environment if you don't have goals and norms and rights in mind? When you're what is your own bill of rights or norms that help make a space pro girl? Whether school, classes, clubs, friends, everyone has unspoken rules and limitations. So make those spoken. Create not just a good learning environment,
3: but a pro girl environment. It's okay to be uncomfortable as an educator, and it's okay to admit that to students, because they may be experiencing that same discomfort. In order to counter stereotypes and barriers, you have to name them. Push yourselves and your students out of their comfort zones and set classes up for success in exploring that. For your students, get them ready to be in pro-girl conversations. Don't just put this burden on female students. How can educators facilitate this? How can they explicitly state what that expectation is to push through sexism and respect others' truths? Those who are marginalized by gender stereotypes already feel discomfort every single day. Encountering these, we also have to teach those who have benefited from stereotypes to be okay with discomfort. Additionally, let girls say their pieces because stories are valuable whether or not girls have had the same lived experiences. Let girls speak their truth. Facilitate discussions that lift up all voices in an equitable way, meaning it's not just about equal sharing time, but equitable sharing and marginalized experiences. Hearing all these different voices and stories in Girls Inc. about what it means to be a girl helps to counter the single, singular stereotype story of what is expected of girls.
2: And we really want to thank you all for coming out tonight um, and listening deeply about this pro-girl talk and how how this environment is important. Um, We want to challenge you with some takeaways as you think about how you can build pro-girl environments in your own educational settings and lives. So firstly, how do you intentionally believe in and support the rights and abilities of girls in your spaces? How are you compensating for gender stereotypes or barriers? If you don't have rights explicitly stated, how can you promote them? What clear norms are you going to establish? We challenge you all to take steps to make girls in whatever educational space you hold to feel safer and respected. Girls deserve to be taken seriously for the persons they are now as well as the women that they will become. That's it.
0: For more information on Ed Talks, to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to more audio podcasts, visit AchieveMPLS.org slash Ed Talks.